Folks, and welcome back to yet another invigorating episode of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Wednesday, December 28th, 2016. You know the word Wednesday, my uh, old boss from uh, the Orange Park Food Court Mall where I used to work, he would like throw two extra syllables into Wednesday. He'd say, Josh, can you come in Wednesday? And it's like, how do you manage to put extra syllables in that word? But anyway. I don't know. That's an, that's an unsolved mystery. Um, but also Wednesday, for some reason, I have the hardest time spelling. So I always spell it wrong. It's kind of a weird spelling. I don't know why it has to be so complicated. In German, it's Mittwoch, which is literally midweek, which is kind of a cool, it's kind of cool name for it. Yeah. Um, all right, folks. So a few special things are going on here. Um, we are suspending or i guess this is officially the end of the month and uh, officially the end of all request month so next uh, uh, month we're going back to ones that we actually want to talk about which will be refreshing um might even do some other kind of segments maybe something from sightings i've heard rumors about sure. um also it's the end of the year okay so we want to end this podcast with a a thud, actually, not a bang. We are ending it with a thud. We are going to go ahead and roll out with the uh, some of the worst, in our opinion, some of the worst segments on Unsolved Mysteries, some of the stinkers, whether it started out as a good story and the CGI ruined it, or if it was a dumb story to begin with, or you could tell they were just scraping for anything they could find for that particular week. Um, these are some of the worst segments that we're going to be talking about. And, you know, of course we love the show. You know, it's for me and Mike, it's one of our favorite shows of all time. But everything, every perfect thing has to have at least some flaws. You know, anything good has to have some flaws. And what would this show be if we didn't take... A moment to laugh at some of the not so spectacular moments of unsolved mysteries yeah and since talking about the worst seems to sell and a lot of people do tend to want to listen to or watch videos where people talk about the worst of 2016 why not talk about the worst episodes or the worst segments of unsolved mysteries according to us yeah which uh, I think most people, if they're uh, familiar with the Unsolved Mysteries library, they will probably agree. I don't see anybody disagreeing with these picks. Um, yeah, speaking of the worst of 2016, good lord, what a... I mean, I know you're kind of of the opinion that, you know, you don't want to say that this was the worst year or bad year. In fact, you say that it was a good year for you. It was a good year for me personally, but I do have to admit, with the celebrity deaths and things like that, that has hit me pretty hard because it is it was a pretty rough year for that i mean we just lost carrie fisher princess leia and her mother just recently passed away like one like she died and then her mother died good lord debbie reynolds yeah her you got george michael you know george michael passed away on christmas so i mean yeah you know just this year I mean, good lord, Prince, David Bowie, yeah. like, what the fuck? 
And then for me, um, anxiety randomly decided to come back in March. Um, had to get back on medication for that. Um, that that threw a big monkey wrench in my life. Um, ended my almost year-long relationship around Thanksgiving with my girlfriend, or at the time, girlfriend. Um, past month for me has been depressing. Um, so that ended. Um, but... I gotta say, as far as my YouTube channel, as far as my, as far, uh, this podcast, uh, I can say Bar None is the best thing that came out of 2016 for me, I mean, without a doubt, and all you guys who listen, and all the friends that I've made, um, not even saying that lightly, I have, like, made some, like, legit friends from this podcast who I've been talking to, well, you know, not legit friends, as in, like, you know, we actually hang out and stuff, but well, you know. I mean, they're still legit. I mean, it, it's I wouldn't say that somebody that you met on Facebook, you know, and you chat with and you share some things with aren't legit friends. I would say, you know, maybe they're not longtime friends or or the type of friends that you hang out with in person. But I can even say some of my best friends I've met online. So that's true. I need to lower my standards of what I consider a friend. Used to be uh, somebody wasn't a friend to me unless they actually were somebody that we would hang out, we would spend time together, blah, blah, blah. Like, But, you know, I guess as I get older, my definitions need to loosen up a little bit because people are busy. They have lives. Well, especially also with the advent of the Internet and social media, there's more ways for you to actually be friends with somebody without technically meeting them in person. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, this podcast has been great. Um, well, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah, good idea, I'm, Mike, but uh, I, I think I've pulled my fair share of weight on this podcast. Oh, yeah, well. I know. I know. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm, I'm just saying you're welcome. You just for... came in there like Sylvester Stallone and you're like, you're welcome. Oh, oh yeah. Like, uh, that's kind of what my, I was trying to do is trying to quote Expendables. It's like, you could have killed me. You're welcome. <laughs> um uh but really it's been a a good match and i'm glad that i brought you on board and you know to everyone who's listening you know uh, i'm glad you guys are listening so you're welcome for this podcast as well jeez (laughs) humble guy over here mike no i seriously am pretty humble i'm just i I, i'm just saying that because you know well, anyway, yeah, this podcast has been great. As far as my job goes, with my weddings and all that stuff, that's that's been very good this year. Financially, I've I've done I've done well, but you know, well not you know not rich, but for for my standards, better where, than me. So yeah, you <laughs> there know, you go. back in the day when eight dollars an hour to me was was doing pretty good, uh, I'm doing well in the compared to those standards. I'll take eight dollars an hour. Like I'll take minimum wage right now. That's where I'm at. <laughs> Damn, man. Well, get on your bike and uh, get out there and start purging. I don't know how to ride a bike, so... You don't know how to ride a bike? No, I don't. Oh, my goodness. Is there any other embarrassing things you'd like to <laughs> admit in front of everybody, Mike? <laughs> how is that really embarrassing? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how to drive yet either, so there's that as well. Oh, my gosh, dude. If you But then in- again, I don't, I don't have the money to buy a car or to afford a car right now anyway. And with the bus systems the way they are here in Vancouver, I don't have to. 
Well, that's good. You have actually like functioning public transportation because that that is uh, non-existent in, uh, in in where I live. Because it's just Jacksonville is such a big ass city. There's just no way in Hick Town. Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like Oklahoma City then, which their transportation was pretty shitty. I oh yeah, it's it's bad here. I mean, it, it's not bad if you live in certain neighborhoods close to bus yeah. stops, but if you live out and where they didn't I live, even run on Sunday at all. Oh, that's, oh, that sucks. Like, people don't need to go somewhere Sunday. Well, it's the Bible Belt, so they're like, oh, well, it's the day of rest, so... Is Oklahoma considered the Bible Belt still? I would say so. Definitely where I was at was definitely deeply religious, devoutly Christian. Well, that's pretty much all the flyover states are going to be that way anyway. Yeah. Um, I feel like I had one more thing I was going to say. Anyway, I don't know. I think, that seg- I think that segues into things really well. You know, Christians, Christianity. True. Ties into angels. Angels. <laughs> Let's talk about angels for a little bit, Mike, shall we? Um, this actually, this segment made it on to the Ultimate Collection. The segment's just called Angels. And um, it's, it's a segment that has two stories in one segment. I'm not going to talk about the first segment because honestly... You know, it's your campy kind of feel-good piece that Unsolved Mysteries uses when you know to couch between two murder segments. Yeah, where a girl falls off a cliff, and, or she she almost falls off a cliff, and she feels somebody lift her up back on to where she can get a grip. And uh, right at that same time, her mother said a prayer or something. So she it, it, that one, yeah, that one. It's not really as egregious as the next one, but at the <laughs> same word. time, it's the kind of thing that a lot of these miracle segments have where it's like, Oh, I was praying at the same time. And then she was able to, she, she said the girl says, I felt somebody lifting me up. And, you know, there is a possibility that you could have like stopped yourself. And then because of the adrenaline that's flowing through your body, you were able to climb up on your own. That's a possibility. I mean, it's not probably not very likely, but then again, there's been a lot of cases like that that have no sort of these people aren't religious. They don't have people praying for them. Like this guy who fell out of a plane. I think he didn't have a parachute and he landed and he was OK. He lived. So, I mean, there's stuff that happens like that. I mean, I'm not e- I'm honestly not even here to debunk what these people I'm are not saying. either. I'm not either. I'm just saying like. There's a possibility that there wasn't any sort of miracle there. It was just if this was a normal if this was a normal segment that we were talking about, like one that we liked or a fan request, then yeah, I might sit here and debunk it. What I'm wanting to well, not the not the second one. I'm just talking about the first first one, one, right? So let's get (laughs) let's get to the to the problem child here. This is this is stinker segment number one. Is the second angel story on the angel segment on the miracles on the ultimate collection. So Estella Vera of Riverside, California is who this happened to. Uh, in in um, March 30th, 1991, it was a Saturday. Her and her children were driving home, her grown-up children, um, when they witnessed an ice cream truck being robbed. Her son rushed to help the ice cream truck owner and he found that there was another man that was already there trying to wrestle with this muscle-bound assailant. 
So it's like two dudes versus the one, uh, you know, muscle-bound guy who's trying to do the robbing. I'm assuming maybe the ice cream truck driver is the other guy. How much money are you going to get from an ice cream truck driver? Yeah, really. Um, I mean, it, it, unless he was just trying to jack the dude's vehicle. But again, like, you think the cops aren't going to notice, a, you know, a runaway ice cream truck, you know? I mean, that stands out kind of like a sore thumb. They don't go very fast either, so... Yeah, so this this guy's an idiot to begin with, but so this guy, the muscle bound guy pushes. Maybe one of the ice cream. <laughs> That's a good thought, actually. Maybe he really he really needed some uh, some after workout uh, dessert or something because uh, apparently this guy's pretty muscular to where he's he's able to fight off the two regular sized dudes. So the muscle bound guy pushes the two guys out of the way, and he jumps in his tr- in the truck in the rea- re- reenactment here, and he starts to haul ass towards the car where Estella was just chilling at in front uh, in front of apparently, and like in the reenactment they sh- they literally like they show her and she's just literally standing up beside the car by the driver's side window. Just kind of with her arms folded, just kind of looking on as her son is trying to wrestle with this guy. She has no reaction whatsoever. It's just like, "Mm, oh, okay, all right, there's a ice cream truck barreling towards me. Almost as as though she's, like, watching her nephew's, like, t-ball game or something. Like, she's just (laughs) chilling, just sitting there watching. And so this guy gets in the truck, and he starts driving right towards her. And, um... The guy ends up smashing the ice cream truck, it, pinning Estella between her car and the ice cream truck. Her leg gets severed below the knee, and she suffers cardiac arrest. Um, she's unrecognizable in the hospital bed. Uh, Estella drifted in and out of consciousness in the hospital, and when St- Estella awoke, she started talking about, did you see the man in front of the truck surrounded by light? He was standing by the truck. Her son and her husband thought that, you know, she must have been dreaming while she was in the hospital. So far, so good. This segment's fine so far. Okay, you know, typical Unsolved mystery segment, pretty good, you know. Not my favorite, but all right. So she then goes on to say, um, this, this this is where it goes off the rails. This is when the segment goes from... Okay, this is all right, too. All right. Well, this is definitely going into the bargain bin. Yeah, that's how I felt as well with this segment. <laughs> she go, she, She's quoted by saying, um, I was looking at the truck coming so fast, and just with all my heart, I said, God, please don't let me die. And then I started reciting psalms that I knew. And then she, uh, or she goes, I look again, and the truck is right in front of me, and I could see the driver's face. He was so angry. He was desperate. And I look again, and now in front of the truck, there is this beautiful person. He looked so peaceful, and he had the most beautiful smile. Immediately, I forgot about the ice cream truck and all that was happening. I grabbed his hand, and I rubbed it on my face. And a couple of times, I'd opened my eyes to look at his face, and he was just looking at me with this big smile. Okay. This is clearly a failure in execution. So, now, the idea itself, okay, not necessarily bad. I mean, you're going to try to do a reenactment with this, but it just comes across so unbelievably cheesy and oh corny. And the angel, to me, 
He's like a derpy Fabio. <laughs> to me, he looked like like a baseball dad. I don't know why. Yeah. He looked like a dad who who might help coach so, baseball, kind of like like a little bit like he might be like Schwarzenegger's brother or like in the Schwarzenegger family. He kind of had that derpy Austrian look. Um, <laughs> he had this like just this cliche. It's my brother. It's my brother. He's an angel. Get out of the way of the ice cream truck. <laughs> it's going to kill you. It's going to kill you. Come on, get out of the way. He, he he just has this um he just has this derpy look on his face like that's a perfect word for it. He's wearing this cliche ass stereotypical angel robe. They they yeah. got they got the whole kind of opaque thing going so he's see-through of course cuz any ghost or anything has always got to be see-through. I, I I think he's even he motherfucker might even have wings if I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> And he and like how they shoot the scene is like the truck's coming like bearing down this lady and like you're from the perspective of the lady so you're seeing the truck coming right at you, and this the angel just kind of like he's got his arms outstretched with this stupid derpy smile on his face he's all like "Ah, yeah he's just such a basic middle aged looking guy he doesn't look like like what she she's describing this like otherworldly beautiful yeah it's not really Fabio I I, I made a mistake there but because I was just confusing no this guy Exorcist 3 has a Fabio cameo where he plays an angel and Patrick Ewing as well was an angel in that as well but like even like like even how they had this guy pop in like it's like nothing's there and all of a sudden like he just kind of pops pops in. It's unexpected because you're not expecting you know the way she's describing it and then it's like. Hey, so then I'm an angel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be posting um, screenshots of of all these too. So you'll have you'll have a visual. Yeah. It won't probably be by the time you hear this because I, I want to give people a chance to hear this and then I'll post the visuals like maybe a day or two afterward or or maybe I'll post it before. I don't know. Obviously, w- what we say on the podcast and what actually ends up happening are two different things. You, sh- you people should know that by now. But um, so they needed to do the scene where they show the angel holding Estelle and like, you know, grabbing and her grabbing his hand and all that. So then you see like a, a close up on the dude and they got like all this white body paint on him and he's like yeah. very like like powder from the movie Powder. And then they show his hair and he's they got, got him in white face. Bro, they got glitter <laughs> in his hair. They yeah. got red glitter all up in this angel's yeah. hair. Yeah. Oh shit. It, it <laughs> glitter. Uh, I mean, dude, I, I get it. Like the prop department and all that, you know, and the makeup department, all they're like, okay, I it's mean, angelic, it needs to be shiny. Like, how, how do we make someone look like an angel? But we don't have a lot of money here. Apparently, Glitter. Apparently, the show <laughs> did have a lot of money, though. Uh, well, not maybe not for that segment. Apparently. Obviously, obviously not. Obviously, there's. I mean, they. they uh, you know, maybe this was in the earlier seasons. I. I don't know, but no, this is like season six or five. Well, I they think. had no excuse then. So yeah, this. You know, th- this much like another case we'll be talking about later. Uh, th- this totally could have been like a salvageable uh, segment, but that angel scene uh, g- just makes me laugh every time, and not in it a. Does. 
not in a joyous like oh thank god she made it it was like oh my god this, this is, is just bad this is this is horrendous god awful um like I said, I'll be posting a picture of this derpy dude's angel face as he saves the woman from the truck that's bearing down. I was half expecting him to sound like Hank Hill or something. <laughs> to me, he looked like he. To me, he looked like a bully from like those 80, 80s movies, like grown up. So he's like he's like Billy Zapka. Okay, all right, I could see that. Could totally like, see hey that. nerd, like where are you going? Going to class? I don't think so. You're getting a wedgie, like. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that, put him in a body bag <laughs> yeah that's that's uh that's segment numero uno that uh is pretty is pretty within smell range of the stink factor but we are far from done oh absolutely not um here we have one of the rankest ones <laughs> i can think of um i'm and these are my personal picks for the worst uh unsolved mystery segments I'm going to start with the second worst for me, but it depends on the day because this could be tied for the worst because it's every bit as bad as the other one because they're very similar in their inception and what they're talking about. And I, I now, agree with I agree with you that these would be my top for the worst too, even though I didn't pick them like they're these these are my top like in the worst category also before i get started i love this show you guys all know you guys and gals all know that but i'm not holding back here okay unsolved mysteries uh these segments from this show are gonna get b <laughs> so be prepared because i'm not holding back these segments are getting a whole new asshole torn out of them. So anyway, uh, here we have uh, the first of the worst ever segments for me. Fertility statues. I remember this one when I was a kid. And even as a kid, I was like, what is this? Like, what was that? It was memorable for all the wrong reasons for me as a kid. And as an adult, it's extremely hard to watch because I'm just like, did they have a slow day? Like, what the hell is this? This is... Did they have a deal with Ripley's Believe It or Not? Or like, hey, we'll give you some cross promotion if you give us some cash under the side or some shit. I don't know what's going on here. So anyway, this is another shitty segment and another shitty intro. Because apparently a lot of these shitty segments seem to have, not only do they have seem to have the amount of shit in common, the same exact amount of shit, but they also seem to have really bad intros. That not even Robert Stack can save. So this starts out with Robert Stack uh, narrating uh, over this footage of some babies. And he says, Making babies the old-fashioned way generally takes a man, a woman, and a few cozy winter nights. Ugh. First off, just hearing Robert Stack say those lines is just pure cringe. You're better pure than cringe. this. You're better than this, Stack. He is. You're so much better than this. So, and then he continues, however, for these adorable children, you're like, huh, like, oh. this, this is pandering. And may have also taken a little magic. No. Ancient magic. Oh. Imported from the mysterious shores of West Africa. I love the, let's just add mysterious there. It's just lazy writing. 
The magic in question supposedly comes from two African statues imbued with the spirit of fertility. Because this is a thing, apparently. One male and one female. Uh, Edward Meyer uh, was in West Africa on a buying trip, and he came across these magic baby makers. And I love the hard-cut flashback here, because in this cut, Edward says, cannibals. And then the African seller says, yes, cannibals. I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with fertility statues? <laughs> I mean, it's just a hard cut. Stacks talking about fertility statues, and they're carved out of ivory, and then it cuts to this seller guy, and then cannibals. Yes, cannibals. Were they made by cannibals? Does Hannibal Lecter enjoy these statues? What is going on here? Exactly. So... But it still it does make me chuckle though because it's so random. It's just hard cut cannibals. He and apparently this guy uh, Edward was searching for weird artifacts to place in the Ripley's Believe It or Not museums around the world. That right there automatically causes a red flag to pop up in my head. Just like Ripley's Believe It or Not, like I I don't think that's unsolved mysteries material, but okay. Because I remember reading so Robert Stack had power, you know, on the set. I mean, I, I don't know. I have a hard time believing Robert Stack was like looking at the script and this segment. And it was like, yeah, this is good. This is great. This is this is fine. This is not ridiculous at all. Because this type of segment just makes the show look laughable. Like it just. It's it's beneath the show to me. It is very beneath it. That that's that was the feeling that I always got when I saw segments like this. You take a masterpiece segment like the Allagash abductions, and and, and, they're, and they're under the unexplained. These are in the unexplained genre as well, and that's just insulting too because that's the same genre that. You know, the same subsection that uh, Allagash Abductions and some of the good, you know, really memorable haunting, you know, ghost segments. No, the fertility statue was actually, I want to say it was in the Miracles. No, I mean, that was on the box set, I think, maybe. Well, yeah. But on the actual show, it was on, it was labeled as unexplained. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. So you see the unexplained pop up. In, in the show where it goes, you know, and I'm unexpl- usually really excited. Yeah, you get excited because you're like, yes, my favorite, you know, my favorite uh, category is coming up, and then they they give you with the, they stick you with this bullshit with babies opening up, <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, oh yes, folks, this is the same show. You did your channel, you know, don't adjust your TV. This is the same show. It's don't just got channel. It's just got a thousand don't times worse. Don't touch that worse. dial. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so these statues, there's a male and a female. There's a male one that carries a knife and a mango, and the knife is supposed to represent some sort of thing about male virility. And then the mango, yeah, because it's really subtle. Um, and then the mango is supposed to represent like fertility. And then the female statue is carrying a baby, which is the fruit of that labor, you know, the fruit of the fertility. And. <laughs> The mango thing just cracks me up. It just really makes me laugh because it makes me think of that episode of Seinfeld 
when George gets a boost from some mangoes. Oh, yeah. And then he fucks it up by asking the woman he's having sex with if she is faking it. Yeah. Because that's what it reminds me of. Or, you're banned! You're banned! What did I do? You're, you're banned! Like, they're getting banned from this fruit store. Like, uh, Seinfeld gets banned from the fruit store because he's trying to get Kramer's order. See? This segment is so shitty, I would rather be talking about something else. So, the statues get put in the corporate office at first, and it has to be put yeah. in the doorway, and you have to touch the statue for it to work. So Because within a few weeks, the receptionist was pregnant. And then, an accountant named Kimberly got pregnant later. And this quote just creeps me out and the way that they this is this is supposed to be like a harmless fun segment but they use the creepy music for this scene so you have this scene with the statues kimberly trips and is talking about this story where she i don't want to get pregnant i didn't want to get pregnant for like three or four years and then she ends up tripping and falling her hand lands on the baby and then robert stack says for kimberly there was no escaping the statue's seductive force. And I'm like, to me personally, that line is all kinds of wrong and fucked up because it makes it sound like the statues raped Kimberly and got her pregnant. <laughs> At least to me anyway. I mean, she trips and puts her hand in the baby. And then as she said herself, the damage had been done, which is a weird way to uh, describe a pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, he hello, my little bundle of damage. <laughs> my little mistake. <laughs> and I mean, she didn't want a baby yet. So that that's really messed up. If these things really do work, which I highly doubt that they do, they then screw this poor woman out of her plans. She didn't want a baby for three or four years, you dumbass statues. A month and a half later, she got pregnant, and she was apparently using birth control at the time, too. The next woman to get magically knocked up was Candy Prizer, who didn't realize the connection between her baby and the statues until she was nine months pregnant, and then remembered that she used to touch the statues when she went into work every day. That one, I'm like, okay, like, what... They didn't. We didn't. They didn't reveal that. Oh, was she taking birth control? Was she doing stuff like that? I mean, for all we know, some of these women who touch these statues could be loose women and just go in, and or they just have sex all the time, and they just haven't been able to conceive. And then by coincidence, they magically conceive because they touch these statues. Well, the, the, my whole thing about this segment is like they keep talking about these mystical statues and how. They touch the statue and all of a sudden they become, pre you know, they become pregnant soon thereafter and they have. A I'm baby. just thinking of like automatically, like like in that movie Seed of Chucky, which is a piece of shit, where like automatically, like voodoo pregnancy, like it's just you touch the statue and boom, you're pregnant. Poof. Yeah, they're talking about like that, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, they're leaving out one small detail. The fact that the woman went and, and willingly had a penis inserted into her vagina and the penis ejaculated inside of the vagina and the sperm made it to the ovary. That might have had a little bit to do with the pregnancy, too. That's just me. I'm just spitballing Sperm made here. it to the egg. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I, know, I know I'm crazy. I know that sounds wild, but, uh, you know, that might have been a little bit of a factor in the whole pregnancy thing. And, you know... Maybe, just maybe. And sometimes birth control doesn't work. Yeah, maybe these women who touch these statues were fucking. 
Like what most people do. <laughs> and like, like pretty much the whole reason we're put here on this planet to do is to procreate. Maybe these women who were young and nubile for the most part were doing that. And then, yeah, they got pregnant. Did Unsolved Mysteries need to make a segment about this? Absolutely not. And I think the point no. I think the point they were trying to make is isn't it a big coincidence everybody who happens to touch it happens to get pregnant? No, not necessarily. It's not everybody what, either. Because they even said three out of the ten women working in the office became pregnant. Which is not all un, ten. Which is unremarkable to me. That is unremarkable. That that is statistics, folks. I mean, if these people are having sex, then you know what? <laughs> I mean, it's it's like it's like taking something that's totally unrelated to an event happening and saying, "Well, because you did that." It's like, uh, all it's right, lazy. If you it's drink, such a lazy segment. That's like saying, like, "Oh, there's this orange juice. If you drink it, you're gonna get into a car wreck." I'm sure there's a lot <laughs> of people who, on the day of a car wreck that happened to them, they had orange juice that day. It's like, and, and it's like making that connection. It's like, yeah, a lot of people. Oh, it's like sports fans who have their their superstitions, and they think that, oh, if because I wore this certain shirt or jersey or this certain, you know dirty sock or something that my team won but really there's really not a lot to that i mean this is the same sort of thing this is like if robert stack and and the people at unsolved mysteries made a segment about superstitions about sports superstitions yeah and i think that's the biggest complaint about this segment for me is that it's it's just so it, it's just so silly and it's just so like such a time waster. Um, yeah. And then and it's it, yeah. Like I said, it's lazy and it's kind of pathetic when it comes to the show. This this sounds like something that will be on some other type of show. Yeah. Not, you know, something on TLC. I mean, just imagine the setup for, like, it, when they come back from commercial break, the music for the show comes back on. And then it says unexplained, and then it cuts to this. And it's like, no, what a disappointment. I mean, even, it, it just gives you a huge, a big case of blue balls. Unsolved um, Mysteries blue balls, because you're expecting something Mysteries, greater. Because you're expecting greater, something really good, something worthy of the unexplained tag, and then it's this bullshit. So in 13 months, 13 women who had come in contact with the statues apparently became pregnant, including three out of the 10 women working in the office. But like Josh was saying, and like I, I was thinking as well, it's not very remarkable. And then the demand started to flood in. Thousands of women wanted to touch the statues for themselves. Touch me. I want to be dirty. Uh, the demand got so high that the statues were moved to a Ripley's Believe It or Not location in Florida. Hey. You might have been to, so you might have seen these statues. Why has it always got to be my state, people? Why? <laughs> why, does, why does Florida have to get the poundings that we get? So Nancy McCaffrey had just had just had a miscarriage, and she went to the Ripley's in Florida, and she touched the statues. And then she had a bun in the oven two months later. Ripley's then asked the women who had touched the statues to send in postcards to Ripley's, letting them know if the statues helped in their pregnancy. And they even have, like, footage of this. And there's, like, this sign that says, if these statues made you pregnant, write to us. It's just so, so 
so bad. Yeah, just like just like field news footage looking kind of stuff. Not even like, you know, it didn't even like have that that veil of unsolved mysteriesness to it. It was just like uh you know, video like watching a videotape of your cousin's birthday party at McDonald's, all these women in this uh area, you know, filling yeah. out these cards and stuff. It's just like, man, what is this? Was this something that the network was like? We need to appeal to women more. Apparently, I don't. I I thought I it already. I don't had think a it was of- that. I just. I honestly think they were they were scratching for ideas, and they're like, "Hey, there's this whole." We uh, found the bottom of the barrel here. Yeah. <laughs> we officially hit rock bottom uh, as far as uh, this team of writers is concerned. Uh, maybe you need some new people in here. I don't know, but I mean, it's just hard to believe they couldn't find something better. And also what's upsetting is that these shitty segments take up space for, you know, potential segments that, you know, could actually have a point or purpose to them that could be more interesting or actually maybe solve a crime. Yeah. And then and then to add insult to injury to all this, it made it on the box set to the ultimate collection. Why? This took up space that literally any other segment could have been on that could have took in its place. Uh, and, and it would have been so much better. I mean, I know this was on the Miracle DVD or whatever, and yeah, the Miracles were pretty, you know, whatever. They're not my favorite segments, but, I mean, God, like, uh, it, it was, it was, uh, yeah, this one was just... Yeah, so, um... UM then uh, filmed some of these women touching the statues, so the Unsolved Mystery crew... Uh, looking like a news show, like the local news broadcast. And then one woman named Susie, who was filmed touching the statues, revealed that she had indeed become pregnant five days after she had touched the statues. Susie said she felt a sense of calm and peace when she touched them. And Stack says that it might be a message from the gods. And I'm like, no, it isn't. That's just silly. This is stupid. You're better than this, Robert. <laughs> You're better than this. It's true, though. It's so true. And then uh, it ends with this equally cringe-inducing um, monologue or quote from uh, Robert Stack. It would be easy to dismiss this mini baby boom as pure coincidence. There is no scientific proof that the carvings have any power at all. But unless you want to be a part of this particular playgroup... You might want to steer clear of the fertility statues. Groan. Like, uh, uh, I roll, groan, boo, hiss. Yeah, that one. Uh, that was a facepalm. Yeah. Just a fail. So that. But w- when you when you think that would be, you know, like, oh, it can't get worse than that, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. There's no you, way. Yeah, this is now. Now we're segueing into the next one, and, and yeah, you think. Okay, so that one, yeah, I can't get any worse than that. This next one, A number one. Uh, Fuck this segment. Is wor- worst segment. Worst <laughs> I, segment. I, I, am, I am not, I'm not holding back on this at all. So this fucking atrocious segment that is just embarrassing for the show. I mean, the other segment was embarrassing too, but at least there was some sort of mysterious thing there. Oh, maybe it might be these statues that might be making these women pregnant. Not very likely, but okay. At least you have mysterious statues from West Africa. At least, right. the, at least the fertility statue segment didn't make you blush with embarrassment like this one does. 
This one just makes me want to die. It's that bad. It's only six minutes, but it feels longer than that. I had to like pause this multiple times just to take a break because it's so fucking awful. It's such an atrocious, awkward, awful segment. So this epic fail of a segment, it starts out with a wet fart with Stack's narration. Admit it. <laughs> Unless you're Mick Jagger or Madonna, you probably wished for an elusive potion that could turn you into a consummate lover or turn that aloof stranger into your adoring sweetheart. No, no. What is this love potion number nine bullshit? Okay, first of all, they're 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 using pop star references, which is something that are so dated. Which is something that Unsolved Mysteries never does. Like it's so no. it breaks form for them so much. So they're they're trying to be I guess they're trying to be trendy and hip, yeah, but it just by using sucks. Mick Jagger and McDon or McDonough. McDonough's <laughs> <laughs> admitted unless you're Mick Jagger or McDonald's. <laughs> so so they they're using the the hit they're trying to be young and hip by by throwing out the Mick Jagger and, and Madonna references at the beginning of the sentence. And then at the end of the sentence they're using words like consummate lover and sweetheart like it was some now we're back in the uh, 1920s where it's like, you know, uh consummate lover and my sweetheart, you know, like I'm thinking about like the 1960s like nuclear family model here where it's like, you know, PG and very, you know, like I, I mean G. Yeah, like just very squeaky clean and you know, like I, it, it was just, just such a weird contrast that they're gonna start off with talking about Mick Jagger and Madonna and then they're gonna talk about like the consummate lover and your adoring sweetheart and it's like you know, if you're gonna it's if you're gonna start out with, you know And then you have these images that are like straight out of like some softcore porn. You know, of the, the, 80s the, or 90s. the yeah of the nineties, and you have like these, you know, this woman, these this this woman in a swimsuit, and this other guy, and these hot this hot girl and this hot guy making out, and this girl putting on lipstick, and I'm just like, what? Where does this come from? Some alternate dimension where unsolved mysteries is a terrible show that only lasted one season. Or, or are they like <laughs> Moonlight is some like steamy like uh, like '90s hotline service or something? <laughs> like, do you, and again, like the lines that were written for Robert Stack were so bad that he couldn't even salvage them. Like with his no. awesome presence and you voice, even, he even sounded like he was ready to crack up when he was saying these lines. Like he even couldn't take it seriously, and I don't blame him. So then he's talking about how for centuries there's been all these different uh, places, uh, Assyria and all these other places around the world have been trying to find the elusive aphrodisiac. And then we cut to the doctor, Dr. Cynthia Watson, who is a scientist and a family practitioner. This is the this is the type of scientist that you could see on Penn and Teller's bullshit. In fact, I would have loved to have seen her on that, and love to see Penn and Teller just completely just rip her a new one. Um, she's been studying aphrodisiacs for years and believes that herbs, oysters, and dandelion wine may help improve a person's love life. Like, what the fuck is this Doctor Ruth bullshit? Why is this on Unsolved Mysteries? So, 
I'll have to admit this, though. I never knew that the term honeymoon came from newlyweds in Europe drinking honey wine or honey before they have sexy time, before they do the hunka chunka, <laughs> before they uh, fuck. <laughs> but I highly, but then she says something like, and we all know that honey is, is really nutritious and full of vitamins. And I'm like, nutritious? Honey? What, what are you talking about? It's mostly sugar. So that right there is a knock against this lady's credibility. Yeah, maybe in small doses honey is nutritious, but if you eat just like a whole fucking bottle of honey, that's not nutritious at all. So apparently, according to this lady, honey gets you horny, dandelions get your dick up, and oysters make you ogle your lover, or they make you excited because of the zinc in them. I'm just like, I can't even believe that I'm talking about this shit in reference to Unsolved Mysteries. This is just unbelievable to me. And then if, if you think it couldn't get any worse, because you're like, honey gets you horny, dandelions get your dick up, and then Robert Stack jumps in and says, oh, the vitamins in the dandelions uh, may jumpstart the engines of love. Oh, like, God. The engines of like, love. Shoot me. Shoot me in the fucking balls. This is so awkward and awful. And beneath you, Robert, beneath the show, below the show, it's not that bottom of the barrel. It's beneath the barrel. It's so beneath the barrel, the writers for this segment dug to the center of the earth and brought this shit up. So then we have this scientist lady, Dr. Cynthia Watson. She's interviewing this guy named Charlie, and this guy looks like a total douchebag. He's got the long hair. He's He's got a good build. He, he just looks like that type of guy you'd see on Venice Beach who'd like kick sand in nerds' faces. So he's talking about how much his 18-hour work days are hurting his sleep patterns. And I'm like, okay, stop going to the doctor about that, all right. But then she randomly out of the blue starts asking him how his love life is. I don't know about you. If I was in this situation, I'd be like, I don't care. I'm asking you, I came here to ask you about what I can do to get more sleep, to get more energy, because I'm working long days at work. I would either I'm not I, asking I would, you I would about... Ask <laughs> I'm not asking you about how my love life is i would either ask to see her medical degree again or i would tell her to or ask her if she could close the door and lower the blinds those are those are the <laughs> yeah. two situations if she starts asking me about my love life those are the two things that are going to happen in that moment because i'm uh, thinking this chick's either crazy or she's wanting to you know just 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 cut to the chase she wants the d yeah um and, and another thing i wanted to mention earlier about they're talking about um oysters and how that's an aphrodisiac and they're like just just the just to look at oysters can provoke thoughts of sex and I'm no the, i'm like no whenever, oysters are disgusting whenever i look at oysters it provokes thoughts of vomiting honestly because it's like snot in a clamshell yeah exactly i'm like yeah i'm, I'm so turned on by snot by cold cold wet snot yeah snot. so yeah back to this dude so charlie uh, mr lothario over here he actually is like, okay, he tells her about his love life, and she then turns into Dr. Ruth and starts prescribing Charlie to take less hours at work 
and to take some herbs and vitamins. And then they cut to him eating a box of chocolates. His life is like a box of chocolates. Yeah, you he, never he, know what you're going to get. He goes into the doctor's office again, and he just sees his box of chocolates, and he starts eating it like a madman. And he's like, I started eating this. He's like, chocolate. I started eating this chocolate because I was hungry. And I'm just thinking, you are such a dumb jock. Like, that is just, yeah. just typical, like, hey, look, some chocolates. I'm going to start eating because I'm hungry. And then the receptionist comes in and she's like, um, how many of those chocolates have you eaten? And he's like, uh, a lot. And she's like, that was that was Dr. So-and-so's name who I already forgot because I didn't even... That like, was Dr. Watson's love potion. Yeah, which, okay, yeah. why is this lady keeping this shit in her office for anyone to unknowingly eat? Like, even at the end of the segment, Robert Stack was like, oh, by the way, giving people aphrodisiacs without their knowledge can be punishable, punishable by law. Punishable by law. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, she's got this box of, like, like sex-laced chocolates just chilling on the counter in her office. Sexy chocolates. Sexy chocolate. Sexy chocolate. If I was black, <laughs> that's that, might be my, that might be my, like, stage name. No, that's, uh, that's a reference to Coming to America. Uh, with Eddie Murphy, which I and it's seen. a it's a it's a hilarious scene. Remember the guy who was like the musician who was at the church, uh, and yeah. they're like sexy chocolate. So now we actually have some actual real sexy chocolate. It's not somebody's stage name. It's sexy chocolate That'd for be real. My stage name if I was if I was black. Sexy chocolate. Um, <laughs> so bad. Um. So he takes, he ends up just eating, scarfing down this box of chocolates with South American herb, herbs that are known to give the libido a lift. And Robert Stack had to say that. And I was just like, which, oh. Which, too, by the way, like who go, like who would behave that way besides. <laughs> oh, food, it's free. I mean, eat a bunch of them. Like. I I know like the guy I used to live with honestly would do that. He was very kind of in the fitness, and he you know he did kind of have that attitude that like I'm hungry, free food, nom nom nom. So I I I, I have no. Hulk is hungry. Hulk is hungry. Mmm, chocolate. Hulk eat. Hulk horny. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be one big fucking dick. That's, that's for sure. A green cock. Yeah, this uh, podcast is not PG, by the way. Let me just keep reiterating. Uh, that's what it says. It says explicit lyrics. So. Yeah, so these are lyrics. The kids better get the fuck out of the room. That's right. Um. Anyway, so I'm just like, love potion chocolates. Fuck me sideways with a chainsaw. This is bad. So Charlie matter. takes some of these chocolates to share with his girlfriend. And then he even quotes, this is his, this is quoting him, she gets all cuddly and huggy. Oh, and then we proceed to have a steamy evening. Oh, like, <laughs> Steamy. Who, nobody talks like that. Nobody says, oh. I mean, I hear that when people talk about, oh, steamy, hot and steamy sex. But I'm like, that's in, not sexy to me. Like, movies, if it's hot and steamy... There's something wrong. No, I, I'm telling you, like, from all the people I've ever known ever, 
in real life, nobody has ever said, oh, I had a really hot, steamy night last night with my girlfriend or boyfriend. <laughs> nobody says that. Nobody talks that way. That's, that is movie dialogue. That is not... Unless you fucked in a sauna, then maybe yeah, that... Yeah, exactly. Counts. Unless you literally had a hot, steamy sexual encounter in a sauna, then nobody talks like that. Or that, in a hot tub. That but was TV writing where, gross. like, the guy that it actually happened to, the producers or writers or whatever, is like, hey, yeah, you know, instead of saying, like, you fucked her brains out, uh, you know, this is TV, <laughs> so, uh, you, you know, we, you're going to have to replace some of these words, uh, so instead you're going to say... I could totally see him saying that, and I, I, I got it with my big dick, and I totally fucked her brains out that night. It that was, was weird, like I, I, like, I ate all this chocolate, and then I got real horny, my dick started getting hot, I just went home and I fucked the shit out of her on the couch, it was awesome. <laughs> it's like, uh, hey, yeah, dumbass, this is a uh, network television, you can't say any of those words you just said. He's so, from the Jersey Shore. Yeah, so, uh, we're, we're gonna go with hot and steamy. Oh, okay, I can go with that. Uh, you got any more of them chocolates? Those are pretty good. You got any more of those chocolates? <laughs> Uh, but anyway, fuck me. So he has this cud. He gets she gets all cuddly and huggy with him, which that but was just awful. Nobody says that either. Um, proceeds to have a steamy evening with Charlie in his chocolate factory. Oh God! Now he's starting <laughs> to make it sound like it might have been a homosexual encounter he had. In his, chocolate, no, but in his just, chocolate factory, or, or or in her chocolate factory, maybe. That's what I meant, because Charlie, he's eating the chocolate, and then... Oh, okay. I, the chocolate, the... Dr. Lady thinks that everyone wants to have great sex. No fucking shit, lady. <laughs> and that the mind is what is holding us back from having great sex. That's something that Dr. Ruth would say. The mind the mind is what's holding us back you back from having great sex. Which is you true. Get this I mean sexy chocolate. That's true, but it's also kind of like a no shit kind of statement. Yeah. It's like, you no know fucking shit, lady. <laughs> you look like I'm ordering a fucking pizza. Uh, but then she starts up selling her upselling her love potion number nine and her sexy chocolates and then says that they cause a chemical change in your body. And I'm just like, bullshit. Charlie then says that aphrodisiacs might be a placebo, which they most definitely are. But then he says, who cares as long as it gets you there? Uh, like, uh, uh, more, more bad 90s cliche dialogue. Well, also, the guy just appears like a even bigger douche than he already is saying shit like that. He's totally thinking with his dick and balls. And as long as he gets his dick wet, he doesn't care if he looks like a total fucking idiot eating sexy chocolates to improve his odds. And he was willing to go on national television and tell everyone about uh, about this. Uh, and Also... Yeah, and I mean, to be honest, if you're so confident in your sexual prowess, why the fuck would you need chocolates to be able to get laid? I don't know, as long as it gets you there. <laughs> That's totally how he'd respond. Absolutely. The guy's got no fucking brain. And this guy Probably got did, a fucking rock in there. He he did he did participate in the reenactment as well, which is uh, something you saw less. Uh, you didn't really see that much of, honestly. Uh, they say they try to get the people. He's yeah. probably pretty narcissistic. Yeah, that's well. The, the, how the guy looks, I'm sure he was probably trying to be well, an man, actor. I get to be on TV. I get to test out my acting skills. 
Yeah, it, it was it was it was it was bad. This, I'm gonna be a star. Th- this episode was like, it it really was cringe inducing. This is one of those like episodes yeah. that like even when I watch it by myself, I'm just like, even that like, happened. Like no when one's I even. Watching it. Yeah, no one's even around, and I'm just like, oh god, like ugh, chills of, of of douche chills, like. <laughs> that guy definitely does give you douche chills, and then you're you're cringing at Robert Stack saying his last, you know, his last couple lines here. The wellspring of passion will undoubtedly remain one of life's greatest mysteries. No, it won't. Nobody is like, oh, you know what? One of the greatest mysteries is. The wellspring of passion. <laughs> was this a Hallmark card? As for aphrodisiacs, perhaps the most potent of all, potent of all is the heartfelt phrase, "I love you." I love you too, Robert, but not like that. And I mean, every, I don't. You know, that. it is true. Every time I leave my house and I tell my mom, you know, I love her, I do have a throbbing erection when I say that. So I mean, <laughs> you know, maybe he's he's got he's on to something there. Uh, prior to ingesting, and then he says, says this one. This is how he ends it. It's so awkward. It's a perfect awkward ending to an extremely awkward, awful segment. Uh, prior to ingesting any kind of love potion, and he's standing behind like this stock Valentine's Day. Looks like he's in. He looks like he's in like a flower shop. Yeah, with all the lights turned out, except for like one flashlight pointed at his face, like. <laughs> There's like was this segment air on Valentine's Day? It must. Uh, prior prior to ingesting any kind of love potion, be sure to consult your physician. And remember, giving someone drugs or aphrodisiacs without their consent may be punishable by law. You hear that, Bill Cosby? Uh, when in doubt, try a box of chocolates or a dozen roses. Again, it's like one of those eye-roll fluff episodes where it's like they needed something, you know, after we just heard about the woman who got chopped up and the alien who was in your backyard. They needed something to soften the episode so they would throw some bullshit. But if somebody saw this show, like, what if this didn't have, like, any other good segments? What if this show itself was just one bad, like, forget, like a lost love segment that's forgettable and then... Like a, a murder, whatever one that's not really that interesting, and and then this could turn people off the show. Yeah, I, I mean, no, I, there were some of those episodes out there that that they it was a weaker bat, batch of segments. I mean, I'm I, I would be lying if I said that back when I would watch the show on Lifetime that that you know that that was the case sometimes where it was like oh no good ones on this on this go around so yeah that was a piece of shit that would you know to quote jurassic park that's one giant piece of shit that's one giant pile of shit that uh, goes into the books as the worst unsolved mystery segment um for Easily. my for my money and for mike's money now that hurt to watch <laughs> Yeah, it did. It really did. If you if it, when they bring it back to uh, unsolved back to uh, Amazon Prime or whatever, uh, if you have a chance, I don't know how they're gonna do it. I, I'm curious to see if I they're... would. I would actually, you know, I would be surprised if they did. If they actually did air this, like I, 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 you know, this is one of those segments that I'd actually be okay with, like being some kind of hard to find, mysterious. You got to get it on a bootleg because 
It's like the Star Wars. It's Christmas better. To, it's better to be forgotten about. Yeah, like the Star Wars Christmas special. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that one's the worst. Um, so now we're getting into kind of the, the saving l- grace was it was six minutes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So if maybe- that was like ten. If that was like fifteen minutes long. Oh God. <laughs> So the only hope that I, the only silver lining I can pull from this is the fact that it was so short must have meant that they must have shown some awesome longer segment in that same episode for it, for it to be, for them to use a short segment like this. Yeah. Okay, so our last segment um, for the, uh, the stinker episode here, um, and honestly, if we search, we might be able to find a few more, but... Um, there's not a whole lot of bad segments in Unsolved Mysteries. It's Unsolved Mysteries. You still get. There's. Robert. I mean, we could probably do another one. I mean, down the road, because there there are a few like ones that aren't as bad as this, but they're still. Yeah, and we're bad. saving we're saving uh, uh another stinker for the uh, Patreon. We're bringing we're bringing back the Mystery Rock, folks. But this time I'm gonna be on it too, because last time we did it, just Mike did it. But uh, we're so if you wanna hear we're coming full circle. Yeah. Yeah, finally, from when I had to take everything down a few months ago. But uh, yeah, so if you'd like to hear the uh, the final, final stinker segment uh, of the Mystery Rock, uh, you can uh, ask, subscribe, or join us on Patreon, and that's patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. And if you want to be a fan of us on Facebook and, uh, you know, keep us keep up with us on there, it's um, facebook.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. Okay, so this last segment, so like the two that I chose were segments that could have been okay, but the effects went horribly, horribly awry. The props department went horribly, horribly awry. The segments that Mike or, chose... Or the fact that you have sensors. This one really is hurt by sensors. Yeah, true. Because it's on TV, like broadcast TV. Well, this is a combination of sensors and really bad uh, set design. Visual effects. Yeah, yeah and, and set design, yeah. Um, so Mike's segments were just bad segments all the way through. The ones I chose tended to be segments that would have been good if it hadn't been for these segments. Well, even the scenes. other Miracle one, the first one, that wouldn't have been good or great. It would just been okay. It, well, yeah, it would have been, it would have been, yeah. It, it, it wouldn't have made it onto a list, though, if it didn't have no, that angel. No, exactly. Know? So this one's called Storm in Hell, and just by the name, you're thinking, oh, this is going to be a good one. Like, th- this is going to be scary, you know? This was on the Psychics collection of the Not Ultimate- scary in the slightest. I-, I have been to, definitely been to haunted houses around my neighborhood that are scarier than this. I mean, I've taken shits that are scarier. Than I've this been segment. to church tribulation houses that have been scarier than this. Um, I don't know... Uh, just, oh, I've heard. I've seen footage of those. Some of them seem a bit kind of intense, especially yeah, uh, the whole stuff where they're all like, hey, "Look at Timmy. He's on drugs now, and he's he's dying of an overdose." I'm like, "This is a really heavy shit for a bunch of teenagers to be doing in a haunted house." For those of you don't who don't know what a tribulation house is, a lot of churches will do it. Um, if they have like an extra like rec room or, or like an extra kind of gymnasium, there's like or, a documentary about it on YouTube, and that's on other places. I forgot what the name of it was, but I do remember it being good because I was oh, just okay. like, this is just ridiculously 
It's 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 theater it's basically. It's over. It's it's over exaggerated prophecies of of what happens either at the end times in Revelation or it'll be like uh a, basically a scared straight program. Well, yeah. it'll show what happened to Susie, the 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 raver chick who t- decided to take ecstasy. Yeah, and that shows her dying and the demons getting her and all that. And, and it's just as corny as you could imagine. Uh, I mean, even the ones that are done. I went to a tribulation house here in Jacksonville and it was done really well but even still it was just kind of like and then they take you into a room it's just heavy they lay it on really thick yeah so thick to the point you're just like this isn't believable at all and then at the end they try to save you and it feels like propaganda yeah it really does it really does uh, they're scaring you into being saved or accepting Jesus or whatever which is never the way that you want to get into anything like that but that's a whole other topic um so this guy, whose name uh, you soon find out where they get the namesake of the segment, his name is Howard Storm. So the the title this is just one. A- I already knew about this case before I even saw this segment because this guy is kind of infamous because you know he's been on a lot of miracle you know segments and a lot of different shows. I think he was on Sightings, if I remember correctly. He was even on another show. That was about like unexplained stuff. He had he wrote a book, I think, or there was a book about him. I, I do think he wrote a book. There was a I remember watching a, a a reenactment or something that was he was interviews with him, and then there was like reenactments of what he experienced called uh, I think it was like Hell and to Hell and Back, and I think it's based on the book. The there's a book called To Hell and Back as well. And so I saw that at like a halfway house because my dad was like helping out with, you know, people over there or some kind of construction thing or something. And I remember watching that years ago and it was pretty cheesy because it's one of the like, Christian direct to video movies. Yeah, it's just really cheap. But even that didn't look as bad as this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's saying something right there. They Sightings re- definitely did a better job as well. They really dropped the ball in, in the, uh, the the set design and all that, and we'll get into it. So Howard Storm was touring Europe, and, and again, I mean, this segment could have had so much promise. Great premise. Howard Storm was touring Europe in Paris on the last day of vacation. They were checking into a hotel when suddenly he fell to the floor in excruciating pain. He was panicking. He was full of fear. What the fuck's going on? Why? You know, what? Anybody would react that way. That's a very scary yeah. situation. The doctor said that it was very critical situation, and he said that if he didn't have surgery right away, he was going to die. Well, to come to find out, his small intestine had ruptured. That does not sound pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, they they didn't give him any medication for the pain. Um, they put him in a hospital bed in a, in a hospital room. He was fearing that he wasn't going to make it, um, after the first like four hours, after six hours, he was starting to think he was sure he wasn't going to make it after 10 hours of no surgery. He knew he was not going to make it. And he said to his wife, quote, it's time for us to say goodbye. It was at that point that Howard lapsed into an unconsciousness and it seemed like the end was very near. Howard then embarked on a near-death experience, which are usually described as warm and comforting. Well, not Howard's. He believes he went straight to hell, 
which was weird because Howard was an admitted atheist who did not believe in heaven and certainly did not believe in hell. Um, admittedly, Howard was kind of a dick. Uh, he even says that about himself. He didn't use those words ex- precisely, but he, he would use threats. You just imagine somebody being like that. Yeah, I was kind of a dick. <laughs> I, I wish he had. It would have made this segment a lot better, a <laughs> lot more redeemable in my eyes. He would use threats and coercion to get his way. You know, he's saying all this about himself right now. He's like, the bottom line was for my will to prevail. I was a very manipulated people. uh, Yeah, just to get my way. My way was, you know, was was the ultimate goal for me. So he's kind of a shitty person from uh, uh, from how they're describing him before all this stuff even happened. So as Howard is laying in bed in the hospital. Um, all of a sudden, he's standing outside of his body, and it's one of those typical kind of, you know, movie or kind of episodic kind of techniques where you got the guy's body lying in bed, but hey, there he is standing next to his own body. But thankfully, they didn't do the see-through ghost effect for this, which I always appreciate when they don't do that, because I eh, think, think it's kind of cheesy sometimes. So he's standing next to himself in the hospital bed, and so I'm thinking, okay, so far so good. I'm on board. On board. What what's gonna happen next to Howard? You know, something, some bad shit's brewing. I feel it. All of a sudden, you hear Howard, come with us. It's time. And then they show the hospital hallway, and there's like a bunch of extras dressed up in hospital getup, walking up and down the hallway almost zombie-like, and it's there's got, like, this eerie kind of green light, and yeah. everything's, like, dark. Howard assumed, and at this point, he's still not questioning the fact that he's looking at himself laying in bed. Although I thought the green light and the fog machine stuff was a bit too much, because the green lights and stuff like that, I, I don't, it to me, it just, it looks like they're trying too hard to be, like, mysterious or creepy, and like that never really works for me because I'm like, oh, there's green lights and red lights, and I'm just like, what is this Christmas? Yeah, and yeah. Hell? I mean, it got it got a lot got a little over the top uh, theatric for me for that part. They've conveyed stuff like this in previous episodes in a much more subtle way. It, 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 they've done it better, you know, before. Yeah. So they do have the capacity to do these kind of episodes, um, just not in this case. So when he's hearing Howard come with us, it's time. Howard assumed it was the hospital personnel taking him to surgery. But, you know, they're not wheeling him in on a gurney. He's just walking into the hallway. So he's like, okay, they must be calling me into surgery. Didn't question that at all. Uh, So he's like walking down the hallway and he's like, I need help. Are you trying to take me to surgery or what? And he said they didn't deny that they were doing that, but they didn't confirm it either. So they weren't really paying him any mind. He felt like no one cared. Uh, as he was walking with these people, they became more aggressive and cruel. And at this point, the hallway starts getting darker. And these uh-huh. people are kind of being pushy, like he's in a subway or something all of a sudden. And then they cut to this big, almost like high school gymnasium-like room. Yeah. With the most poorly designed set I've ever seen. Like, yeah, it's, it's really it, bad. It's blacked out, all except for... Fog and okay, like... Okay, the first thing you notice... Disco ball lighting all on the floor. They, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There is clearly a disco ball that they use to achieve because they have these like, <laughs> there's like it, the light is casting these like circular lighting yeah. reflections all and, over and the Josh floor. And Josh probably knows his disco balls because, you know, he's been at a 
I've been to. You know, he, he uh, been I, to a fair share of disco dances, right? I, I DJ a karaoke. A, I DJ a gay He's club a every Friday, if that's what you're asking, Mike. Yes, and they do have a disco ball there, and it, so I know what they look like. And that's neither here nor yeah, there. So Josh knows his balls. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so there's disco fucking lighting on the ground, like circular lighting reflections. That, I'm expecting that, Tony Monero to show up and start dancing. Yeah, so, but but then, on top of that, they have, like, this, like, purple, uh, kind of, like, uplighting, there's, like, purple uplighting everywhere, yeah. and, and, and there's, like, this, like, brush and kind of, like, like, bushes to the, to the left and right hand of mm-hmm. the screen, like, they, they make it so subtle to where you barely notice it, but I paused it and actually, like, took a look at, at it, and it was, like, what? Are those, like, bushes? And, and is like, that a tumbleweed? Yeah, like they're trying to convey hell, and it literally looked like if you went to it looked like a rave. <laughs> no, this, this is what it literally because it rave raves look cooler than what this looked like. It yeah, looked, yeah. It, it looked like if you went to your church gymnasium for Halloween. Yeah. And they were having some cheap spooktacular. It's a really stupid, lame spooktacular. Yeah, and, and, Halloween and, party. And, yeah. and like the youth pastor invested in a disco ball that he was just dead set on using for the event and everyone else was like no no tommy that looks way too cheesy and he's like no no trust me i spent a lot of money on this fucking thing i'm gonna use it for this dance damn it and they're like oh that's gonna make it look so corny but okay he's dead set on using it that's what this scene looked like that this guy wanders into you nailed it (laughs) totally and so then they have all these actors. In no, the... Pastor Tom, this is not cool. <laughs> oh, come on, You're the kids love it. You're going to embarrass me in front of all my friends, Dad. So all the actors in this segment, like, dogpile around Howard Storm in this reenactment. And, you know, he, this is supposed to be hell at this point. Um, like I said, it looked like a mid-budget church play, you know, like a tribulation house or something. Um, and so these actors start tearing, they start tearing away at his clothes and kind of yelling at him, but they're yelling like these PG insults, you know, like, you stink, you suck, (laughs) you're an egotistical piece of trash, Howard. And it's like, oh, man, like these disses, I don't know if I'll ever be able to recover from this. Oh, my God. Such sick burns. Burn. You like literally like this is a quote from the show. You you're an egotistical piece of trash, Howard. Oh, did you just call me a piece of trash? Uh, oh man. Oh, 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 or just you suck. Yeah, you suck. <laughs> like I literally literally I remember in first grade being on the playground. I remember a kid calling me like uh, a gay or something like that, or or, or or saying fuck you or something. So I've literally <laughs> first grade. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I went to a public school. Fuck you, Josh. So I literally was in. I've been insulted worse by an eight-year-old than I have, but oh, than than this guy was by these demons in hell. I, I'm just imagining, just yeah, this eight-year-old high-pitched, just fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> no, this. I'm sure that kid just grew up to have a great life. Um. I didn't even know what the bird was, like flicking the bird. I didn't even know what that was until I went to that shitty ass public school. Um, so then, how? So I got I've this this just like lame comments I get on my YouTube channel where they don't leave any other comment other than "you suck." Yeah, I love those. It's it's just like okay, thank you, 
come again. Do you want to elaborate on that at least? Thanks for the view count, buddy. But yeah, that's bad. I mean, it's bad enough it looks like some ultra lame spooktacular at your local church. But then, you know, you suck, Howard. So he's got You're all these he, piece of trash. He's got like C-list wannabe Walking Dead extras all, yeah. all around him. And, you know, they're tearing away at his clothes and all that. And then he 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 thinks to himself, you know, a voice says, pray to God, Howard. And he thought, you know, well, I don't believe in God. But the voice kept saying, pray to God. And every time he would think of of God, these people would kind of start backing away. And so they'd be like, no, don't do that. He can't hear you. He's nowhere here. But he kept you know, thanking it, and eventually they all went away, and he was left in this high school gymnasium gone awry, uh, quote, left alone with my own self-pity and torment, and he was saying, like, what was even the point of my life if this is how I was going to end up, and in that state of complete hopelessness, he recalls himself as a little child. Oh, God. And this is just when it goes from bad to worse, ladies and gentlemen. They then show him on the floor of this horribly designed set that I just described. They superimpose over him this little boy dressed in this collared shirt with a vest on, sitting in a wooden chair like he's in church. And he literally starts going in this off-key, badly, like, nails-on-a-chalkboard kid voice, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Here's the one living long. They are weak, but he is strong. It, it is so, it is just as bad as I did it, if not worse. Oh, just God. Just ear grating off pitch. Gives you I think goose- my ears are bleeding, Dude, Josh. <laughs> just goosebumps of cringe at this point when you're watching this segment. Just goosebumps of cringe. And it's like, why did they do that? Why did they make that choice? Why to- did they think that that would be a good idea? To That would make that would add a, more validity to this segment. Jesus loves me down there. <laughs> and then, then folks, as if Bad set design and censorship wasn't enough. We have to cue the trifucta of fuckedness. <laughs> we have Unsolved Mysteries' famously bad CGI make an appearance. At this point, a small bright light appears and it gets brighter, according to Howard Storm. And then cue in the worst CGI bubble that has ever been seen. <laughs> bubbles. With this old fart inside this bubble, wearing a white robe, it, you know, obviously he's supposed to portray an angel. And then mm. Howard gets enveloped into this bubble. And I'm telling you guys, it, it is so bad. And they've already green screened the background at this point because I guess they're using the CGI effect. So this bubble sticks out from the rest of the scenery like a sore fucking thumb. Like, it it is clear that this bubble was post-production, added in, you know, whatever. It it just, it's so unbelievably bad at this point. It envelops Howard, and and so they start lifting him up to the heavens, I'm assuming, where 
and then he then joins this gallery of other bubbles all around him of bad CGI bubbles. And now him and you know, he was laying down in the bubble. Now him and the old fart are sitting like uh, across from each other as if they're playing a game of chess. And um he's just like I'm not worthy to be here. I'm a piece of garbage, you know, I'm nothing. You know, it was a mistake for me to even I'm be an here. egotistical piece of trash. And then the, I suck. And then the guy's like, you know, you know, we don't make mistakes. You do belong you don't here. You suck. So, you know, it, apparently it was some angel that, you know, said, but you this know, segment sucks. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but the segment sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally true. Nice job. Um, so fire, fire, light it on fire. <laughs> if he had, like really went to hell, that would have ruled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Satan, fire. <laughs> hey, yes. Beavis, do you think Guar would be in hell? <laughs> yeah, Guar rules. They kick ass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, basically, the angel, I guess, you know, s- saves him and. You know, it, it flashes back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes... Re- oh, sorry, I had to bust into the eight-mile thing there um, for a second. <laughs> um, so he ends up making a full recovery, even though, you know, the, the surgery proved to be a success. He was still laid up in the hospital for a few weeks, and he still suffered mm-hmm. and shit, but he didn't die, I guess. I mean, with the whole stuff, I've read things about um, near-death experiences, and... From certain doctors and things like that, they do say that it is possible that you could have hallucinations while you're dying that are similar to, you know, these type of near-death experiences. And again, I'm not here, I'm not even here to, like, debate whether this did or didn't happen. I'm just, I'm just talking about how shitty, like, if this was a normal segment that I picked, I would, I'd bother with that. I'm not even bothering if it actually happened Well, I know, I'm just throwing that out there real quick. Yeah. People might be wondering what I might think about that. But, you know, this segment does suck. It sucks a bag of dicks. It's really bad. Um, mainly because of the extremely low production values, uh, high school play production values. So his daughter says, uh, I'm still trying to figure out, like, after the surgery, he became a changed man. You know, he says, I was born again. And his wife's like, yeah, you know, he's totally changed now. Well, his da- that's good. Good for him. Yeah, and his daughter's like, I'm still trying to figure out what happened to my father. I'd like to think it was some special transformation, but part of me wonders if it was not some physiological explanation. Which I think is funny. So basically, his daughter is still an atheist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could still, it could have easily just been. It was an extremely scary experience. He almost died. I decided maybe I need to make my life better. Which, which they one thing I did like about this segment is after all that stuff, it 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 cuts to him. At, he goes, you know, I was born again, and then it cuts to him at wearing the robes of a pastor. Yeah. He's a pastor of a church or whatever. And that kind of gave me goosebumps in a kind of contrast, in a kind of like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. You know, yeah. like he changed so much that he went from being this piece of shit to, like, now he's a pastor who could... Maybe that's his, way, his, his new way to manipulate people. Maybe that's his new way to, you know... 
I don't know. I, I thought that that part was cool just because it was a contrast. Of, it is a cool, it is a great cool contrast. I'm just saying, like, if somebody was that manipulative at first, like, I don't know. I mean, there are, I'm not saying all pastors and all religious, you know, people are like that. But there are a lot of televangelists and a lot of people who are just manipulative. They're manipulative as fuck. Yeah. You know, um, so they put on this guise of being this man of God. But in reality, they're all about them still. Um, but I don't know. I hope that's not the case. I hope he did become a born again Christian and I'm not really a religious guy, but you know, if that is what happened, good for him. You know, I hope he's helping people and making people's lives better and kind of making up for, you know, how much of a shitty person and how much he sucked, you know, as, as a human being. Earlier. As, as much as he but, sucked as a human being, there's no way he could have sucked no, as bad. No, he didn't suck as bad as the, as the segment. As the reenactment. No, as the reenactment in this segment. But... Um, and it was so bad. The reenactment was so bad. The fucking Farina revamp took that scene out where the little boy sings Jesus loves yeah. me and he gets absorbed into the golden CGI uh -huh. bubble and is taken up to heaven. And you know that's bad. If the Farina yeah. revamp took that out and, and, and they even cut around. You know that, you fucked up. Yeah, you know you fucked up. They even cut <laughs> around the scene of the, the zombie people taking him to the gymnasium because they knew that was bad, too. I mean, come on. Let's face yeah. it. They knew that was bad, too. So, so they, they cut around that as well. And they took out some of the audio to where you couldn't really hear that part because i actually have that episode on tape of uh -huh. the farina one or whatever and, and they knew that yeah this was really bad so so if the farina one took it out you knew you knew that they weren't they weren't that proud of it um and also i mean when i know that like i said earlier before we discussed this that he's he's written books he's been on countless episodes of, of other unexplained shows sharing the same story that kind of gives me pause there's financial to gain honest. to be had so you got to kind of question the motive um i got to question the motives of the people who did production design and the effects <laughs> and wrote who wrote this segment that's for sure and and i know well, what are they gonna say we can't have him say like you know we can't have these demons say really nasty things it's it's a to show that we're airing on primetime on Wednesday nights. Like, we can't do that. Uh, have it. Have them say he sucks. <laughs> yeah. Beavis and Butt has a popular cartoon. They say that a lot. <laughs> and I know, I know our, our, uh, our buddy, our director of photography, Kevin uh, O'Brien, had nothing to do with this segment. There, no. there, there's just, there's just no way. No. There's just no way. By the way, I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, that that interview. That was fun. Kevin was a good guy. He was he was really nice and nice off when we stopped filming or when we stopped doing the recording and all that. And you know he was he was cool the whole way through. So that was fun. Might be getting more interviews from him. Uh, that is that concludes this particular episode of. Um, just the stinkers of Unsolved Mysteries, whether it was the really bad segments or the uh, bad areas in the segments. Uh, these are some of the worst that we can think of. Um, if you have any ideas or suggestions, we might do a part two on like April Fool's or something. Um, you mm -hmm. know, we, we might do something else like this in the future or we might never do it again. But uh, we figured we I know would... I have a I know I have one in mind. 
because it's just such a dumb story that you you're like this should be on America's dumbest criminals, not unsolved mysteries. Yeah, so we might save that one for the Patreon or something. But um, we wanted to be anticlimactic and end the the year because this is the final podcast of 2016, and uh, we wanted to be dicks and end it on a dud <laughs> instead of a bang. And uh, we thought, no, I still think it's ending on a bang because you know that that just shows you how unique our our podcast is who else would do this and also it was i have to be honest it was a lot of fun i love ranting on things as you can see and um that's definitely my comfort zone and i think for those of you out there who like you know listening to or watching you know bad things you know this should be right up your alley and um yeah i mean these were the worst of the worst if, if anybody took offense to us talking bad about Unsolved Mysteries, go and listen to 26 episodes of us kissing its ass if this one upsets yeah. you. Because we really do love the show. Um, we love the show. We just think these segments suck. <laughs> but as far as, For being, as far as this being the last podcast of the year, uh, I, I would like to, I mean, we've said this multiple times, but I would like to say... Uh, from our humble beginnings in June of starting this podcast up until now, I would like to firmly and sincerely thank everybody for listening and being such great fans of the podcast and reaching out. And I've made some friends off of this thing even. Um, you know, I mean, you guys have been awesome and just beyond awesome and so supportive. And I hope everybody has a fantastic 2017. Yeah. And you better fucking believe that that we're going to be with you right into 2017 doing more of these uh, uh, shows and doing more of the podcast. And hopefully the show will be on Amazon Prime soon. Well, as far as Unsolved Mysteries, not our podcast. Yeah, Unsolved Mysteries. Um, I look forward to... Of course, to... I didn't mean our podcast. That'd be weird. It'd <laughs> be awesome, but weird. That'd be, um, that's, that's never going to happen. My New Year's resolution <laughs> for the podcast is obviously to get a lot more interviews from actual people who were involved with the show directly. That's on a the good podcast. That's a good resolution. Um, and just listening to the fans, whatever you guys want to hear and whatever you guys think would make this better. It's your show, as you know, after all. So, um, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you guys want to hear... Us talk about segments from other shows. Sightings is a big one that we uh, is on our hit list. Um, if you just want to hear us talk about what me and Mike think about events in the news that are mysterious, these could all be things that we could talk about in the future. Or if you just want us to keep it about unsolved, we got plenty of uh, segments to uh, fuel that fire that we can talk about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't know if you want to say anything talking about the uh, podcast. Well, I just got to say uh, thank you. Uh, to all the guys and gals listening for supporting the podcast, for listening to it, you know, for the few of you that have, uh, you know, become patrons and things like that. Um, you definitely don't suck. No, no, um, you don't. You are the what rock stars. You're, 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 you're the rock stars. They're awesome. And, uh, I definitely, uh, plan on providing more hours of entertainment for you guys and gals. I'm not forgetting about you. Well, with that being said, you can uh, watch me and Mike on YouTube. Um, I'm not going to diss my own channel this week like I did last week because I just put a lot of work into the German food taste testing video that I talked about for so long. I finally did it. It's out now. So you can go and check that out at my channel. It's youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. It should be one of the first videos that pops up. Um, I, I tried a bunch of German food and my reactions, well, you're just going to have to see it. 
Um, you can find Mike on YouTube at youtube.com slash OCP communications, much like Robocop. And he just did a new talking cinema, which I look forward to listening to, honestly. Uh, I want to I want to hear that. Um, <clears throat> I'll probably listen to that tonight. So for me and Mike, yeah, it's a pretty long one, but uh, I had a lot to say and had a lot of time to make up because the last one I did was like in November or before that. So it's more of a podcasty format. So if you have a long Absolutely. drive, you, if, if you have a long drive, you can just put it on and you can get a, a solo Mike doing kind of his own thing, um, which is always uh, always good because he's a very good talker. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, Signing off. Have a have a great New Year's. Um, I'm gonna be spending my New Year's Eve um, not kissing a girl. Unfortunately, I will be at Applebee's on JTB, which is a road out here that means nothing to any of you guys. Um, playing music for people who probably don't want to hear it. So I'm gonna have kind of a <laughs> depressing <laughs> New Year's Eve, but it's all good. I'm probably not gonna do much. Maybe spend some time with my family. That's really all I can really think of. So mine's not gonna be that eventful either. But for Everyone who's listening, have a happy new year, and I will see you later. We'll see you in 2017. Goodbye. See ya. Should old acquaintance be forgotten, never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgotten, days of old lang syne? Don't be a dick, don't drink too much, and remember to hit subscribe. New videos to celebrate New Year's 2005. Um, it's not New Year's 2005, it's New Year's 2016. What are you like, my mom? Um, I'm just saying your song is factually inaccurate. Look, I don't know if you've noticed or not by now, but nobody is watching this video anymore. I can do or say whatever the fuck I want right now. Nobody is gonna hear it. Check it out. I'm into girls with camel toes. My dick is child size. My parents' house is where I live, and I've slept with 14 guys. And see, watch. I will never get called out on any of that. Yeah, you're kind of fucked in the head, aren't you? Happy New Year's, everybody!